Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Hello, welcome back to the movie graveyard. We have a very special episode today. I'm very pleased to, as always, welcome back uh, my good friend Zach. Zach, how you doing, man? I am doing good, my my fellow uh, grave digger, baby. It's a cold night here on the fucking uh, tonight. We're out here digging these fucking uh, graves. It's all cold shit. I got I got a jacket. I got two gloves. You want to borrow a pair, baby? Because my hands are getting a little sweaty. Yeah, I'll I'll borrow them sweaty gloves because uh, it is cold. There's uh, about four feet of um, snow outside in the parking lot. There's like dirty puddles that got fast food cups laying in them. <laughs> but yeah like we didn't have to dig too far down into the dirt this week though because we got one of the newest if not maybe the newest uh movie that's ever been featured on the graveyard uh this film is from uh the year of our lord 2012 that was uh back when the world was supposed to end if you remember zach exactly see what if the whole time the mayans they were just predicting this great film would come out exactly and the reason we're covering a film that's so relatively new, uh, this film will have its you know its anniversary of release uh, nine years this coming August. So we still have a few months, but uh, you know not even ten years old. And we just got to talk about it because I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Zach. This is definitely the most important film released during our lifetime. It probably is exactly. It tells you how to troll people in Chad way. Exactly. It it foretold so much. It influenced so much. So we're going to go ahead and get rolling with the film Compliance right here. I know a lot of people haven't uh, probably seen this movie because it was a very micro-budget film, but it hit the world big, hard, you know, ripples through the entertainment industry and just through society in general. We have it paused at pretty much the one-second mark is with the Magnolia Pictures logo, a very homemade-looking logo, I would say, Uh, blue, uh, trying to be red, kind of almost pink, Magnolia Pictures. But it's yeah. the one second mark on the the Blu-ray, probably on the DVD as well. I actually have the DVD as well, but we're watching the Blu-ray tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And when I say go, hit play on your remotes or PS3 controllers, everybody. One, two, three, go. I love that you bring up the PlayStation 3 controller. Very Chad. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Chad. Old dog pictures. It says music playing on the subtitles, and boy, is there some music playing in this film, Zach. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we, we should uh, basically bring up the plot of this movie in case people don't know. Inspired by true events. See, what's funny is that's huge on the screen right now, and I did not notice that the first time. Because I'll go ahead and uh, – well, the plot of the movie is uh, basically some people working at a fast food uh, restaurant. They get a call from a guy basically – claiming to be a uh, police officer and that somebody in the you know working there has stolen money from a customer bring her to the back and then just craziness ensues and uh yeah i remember watching this i'll go ahead and say it this is a watching this for the commentary was my second time watching the movie and uh, I liked it a lot more than the first time because the first time, I swear, I didn't notice like that opening thing saying that or I just completely forgot about it right after because I proceeded to just fucking – even though I like the movie, it's not a fun watch because no. it is really frustrating how dumb these people are. 
And like, I, 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 like at the first, like when I saw it, I must've been like, there's no, at the end of it, they kind of let you in like, yeah, this is a true story again. And then I remember at the time, I'd be like, there's no fucking way that people are this dumb, but I assure you, this is America. Damn it. People are this dumb. Very Chad. I, I, I love these little small films too. The, like it's always important to me how they open. I love that it opens with the manager of the, ch- we should say in real life, this is based on an incident that happened, uh, at a McDonald's, they say they kind of corroborate all the different instances, and I'll I'll bring up some historical facts here soon. Here we see a guy at a pay payphone. That's very uh, important to the plot right here. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, basically based on a McDonald's. But you know they can't use McDonald's in a movie or whatever, so it's got to be the Chick Witch, a fake restaurant. And uh, there was a big scent sh- uh, ripples through the uh, restaurant that somebody left the freezer door open last night, and they had to. Uh, you know, order new supplies of a bunch of uh, food items, and including the bacon and the the delivery driver. That was a great scene. He was really mad at the manager, wasn't he? <laughs> exactly. They 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 make you feel bad for the manager because she's very much like she's one of these characters that she's cr- constantly craving like uh, you know uh, uh, affirmative like uh, to, like you know she just wants to blend in and uh, be friendly with all these people. She's constantly looking for like you know uh, <clears throat> a thumbs up from everybody. So right away you you believe that she could fall for this because uh, uh, the guy on the phone kind of gives her these uh, you know little like uh, pats on the back like oh you could totally be in uh, police work you know you, you're really good at this <laughs> very Chad. Yeah, and I gotta say like uh, like I sought this film out because I I heard about the real life case that this is uh, based on. I saw it on a um. It was like an ABC News special thing. Uh, it was like a 60 Minutes type show. I forget the name of the show, but uh, whatever the show is that the John Quinones guy used to interview people. And he actually interviewed the, uh, actually interviewed both the girl and the manager lady separately, obviously. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think going into this movie, if you know it's true, and also like if you really know beat for beat what really happened. Because, like, I will say, and I'll, I'll read a couple of the reviews from IMDb, there's a lot of, this is a love or hate movie out there, Zach. And a lot of it, whether you love it or hate it, depends on if you know the real life case or not. And almost every negative review on the IMDb points out how they're just so disgusted by how stupid the characters are in the film. And it's so unrealistic. And what's amazing is when you know the real life case is, like, you know, this isn't inspired by true events, even though it's said that all giant. It's, like, literally directly based on true events. Like, I would say, like, mm-hmm. literally 90% of this movie is beat for beat, exact recreation. And I think also, yeah. too, like, the director, when you see him in interviews, he's like, yeah, it's based on this. But it's also, you know, because there's a lot of different times that this happened in other places. But, no, it's, like, very modeled after this, like, one specific incident. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just like he did it one time. He was able to like convince like fucking multiple people to fall for this, yeah, and actually go through with it. Like to the point that, you know, this like this one's based on a McDonald's case even though he did it to lots of different grocery stores and different fast food places, but like the fact that McDonald's was at the time he did it so much they were sending out memos like to warn people of hoaxes and pretty much like, you know, the story where this happened, like, you know, just like anything, people just ignore shit. They don't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, it's, yeah, like if you're paying attention, you'll notice like he calls him. He says like he's very vague. He doesn't bring up anybody's names. Like oh yeah, there's a blonde girl that works for you, and, and she does all the naming of names. Yeah. So like yeah, I can see people like not paying attention and falling for that. But then like once it gets to the like some of the fucking more fucked up instances, like once it becomes sexual and stuff like that, yeah. it's just like fucking come on, how are you falling for this, babe? <laughs> And and I gotta say too, like you know, pretty much I would say the fictional part of this of this is like probably like this little part that we're watching right here. Like this is just kind of obviously in the first ten minutes, the movie's just setting up the characters, who they are. They work at this restaurant, so like this little chit chat of these girls, you know, talking about the managers gotten engaged, which actually that was true. But like you know, she's trying to fit in. Like obviously, this is kind of just like you know scripted, whatever, not really pertaining to the real case, but. Pretty much once they pull the girl back into the room, it all becomes like a hundred percent real. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's just fucking insane. And like to the point where uh, when I was reading the IMDb reviews, there was actually somebody that said like I went back and reviewed this film on this date and I gave it a one out of ten because I thought it was ridiculous. And but then I did the research and now I'm coming back to leave it a very good review <laughs> because that's <laughs> what I did. Yeah, I gave it like a uh, like a two or something like that. I was just like, there's no fucking way. So basically, yeah, to give a little more clarifying background on this is uh, I'm just going to read directly from the Wikipedia page just because, like, I don't even think we can fully. Oh, we do have to talk about the, uh, I forget his name here, but the the maintenance guy who's clocking out. This guy's like the biggest Chad of the movie, isn't he? He is. He's the one that finally fucking comes in. That's a great and it, and it's like he has a wherewithal to be like, hey, this just looks, this doesn't pass the sniff test. That's the problem. Is like fucking, it's all shit that's just like the red flags are just blatant. But they were just so deep into it, they had tunnel vision and shit like that. And then they needed somebody from outside to walk in and be like, hey, this is uh, this just seems wrong, baby. Exactly. So here's some of the. Uh, this thing was officially called the strip search phone call scam. So here it is. Yeah, that is a terrible fucking title for the movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's why they had to call compliance. Exactly. So uh, strip search phone call scam was a series of incidents mostly occurring in rural areas of the United States that extended over a period of about 12 years, starting in 1992. Mm -hmm. Incidents involved a man calling a restaurant grocery store, claiming to be a police officer, and then convincing managers to conduct strip searches of female employees, or in one case, actually a customer. Fuck me. And to perform other bizarre acts on the behalf of the police. Over 70 such occurrences were reported in 30 U.S. states until an incident in 2004 in Mount Washington, Kentucky, which led to the arrest of... I'm not going to say this guy's name because he actually he was arrested for it and they had a trial, but he was not convicted. So he was, yeah, he got away. <laughs> uh, this person was acquitted of all charges in the Mount Washington's case. He was suspected of, but never charged with having made other similar calls. Police reported that the scam calls ended after his arrest. So here's some of the highlights before the Mount Washington thing, which like the movie right now is jumping around to the other characters. Like you think this guy Van, who's like engaged to the uh, the manager of the of the restaurant, you think he's going to be like a Chad, but he's not too Chad later on. <laughs> Exactly. He's yeah, like, we'll just, talk about him whenever his scene comes up. I, yeah. I'm wondering if like he knew, but he was just like, 
Yeah. He probably there's probably a point whenever he knows like oh this this can't be real, but then like he just takes advantage of it because it's like oh it's a pretty young girl. Yeah, Fucking, it's possible. Yeah, and the movie did, like kind of skips over that and doesn't. But it, that was the one thing that like uh, of the real life case because we know exactly like what the guy instructed over the phone and shit. But like we don't really know that guy in real life like if he like you know was enjoying it or not or why he did it. But um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so most of the calls were made to fast food restaurants, but if you were made to grocery stores and just breaks down, he would always call and say he was uh, a member of the police and say some crimes were going on. So mm. one of the most insane ones was on November 30, 2000, a female McDonald's manager in uh, Leechfield, Kentucky, undressed herself in the presence of a customer. The caller had convinced her that the customer was a suspected sex offender. And that the manager serving as bait would enable undercover police officers to arrest See, that's him. A, that's the thing, like, uh, fucking, uh, you don't even have to know much about, like, police procedure to know, like, they wouldn't put you in harm's way. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Holy shit. But this is, yeah, this is, he's just now, they should just answer the phone. This is where yeah. we hear his voice for the first time. This fucking chud, this this fucking epic stud that just trolls the fuck out of this lady. He is the ultimate choice, so uh, I can't even talk. But, like, I was such a fan of this movie when I first saw it. It's, like, one of the very, I guess it's not available anymore, but one of the very first Hillbilly DVD Reviews podcasts, I I told Phil Dees about this movie, and, like, we we talked about it for about 20 minutes. I don't think he's still seen it, but it's, Mm -hmm. like, ever since, and I've been dying to cover this movie more in depth. Exactly. It's it's frustrating, baby. I know, because it's, yeah. it's a hard sell of a movie to get people to watch, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. I remember as soon as I saw it, I saw it on Netflix, and I read the plot, and I was like, sounds genius. Yeah. See, I, I remember thinking, like, this could be really fun, like, as an exploitation flick. I wonder if Bat 32 saw this. I bet he is right up his alley. But, like, the way it's portrayed, it's like, there's nothing fun about it. With, with exploitation, it's like, you know, it's like... You know, fucking the actors and all that. Even though this is acting, you know, the fact that it's like based on a true story, and it's like the the main girl who's like you know the the victim of everything. Like they set her up as like she's probably in high school or something. She's probably underage. So yeah, it's like it, it's not uh, all fun and games with this one. No, no, not at all. And like the other instances of like what happened in real life. Like I mean, you can't help but like laugh. But then like when you see like what really happens, and I. I want to say to some degree this is one of the instances where like it went the furthest, but there were the other ones where it did go like insanely far too, and uh, I guess it just all goes back to like, like uh, I think it's called like the Milgram experiment and other things like the Stanford p- prison experiment. Like you don't even need like real actual present authority; you just need to like put the thought in people's heads that like uh, like there's an authority figure somewhere commanding them to do something and like they'll do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i remember hearing about that stuff yeah yeah and uh because you're saying like this this would be a fun president for the exploitation before i like knew about this case and knew, you know seen this movie probably probably like around the time they were making this movie i actually wrote a pretty long outline for a movie back when i was writing scripts and uh had a pretty long outline for a very similar kind of concept, but it was like a little more in the vein of Saul. And there actually was a physical guy outside, like basically threatening. Like it was like one guy running around outside, 
threatening the people inside with like a bomb and stuff outside of a restaurant that had like closed down mm. for the night and like it was kind of like a thing where like he was kind of forcing people to do grotesque things and then also uh getting them to uh you know uh reveal personal things and you know mm-hmm. past whatever yeah. so like yeah and then like then i seen this movie and i'm like holy shit this is like 10 times like the real life case of this really happened and like i thought i had just a good premise for a horror movie but like the fact that this really happened and it's in a way like even though obviously nobody dies or anything in this movie like in a way it's 10 times scarier than anything i could have fucking imagined <laughs> exactly very fucking uh, like you gotta ask like who would like do this because like what's he getting out of this he can't even see it happening like he's not getting some weird voyeur thing it's just like oh that'd be so funny to fuck up people's like lives like what the fuck like he he basically ruins this chick's life because like she was talking about like she was you know, uh, hoping to get like uh, proposed to, and like, oh, I, fucking like it ends with her like, you know, yeah. fucking. I I guess uh, technically, if if that guy had that in them, maybe he saved her life, really. Right. But, like exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And like, did it really happen like this, or is it just for the movie? It's it's really just like for the movie. And what's so insane is like, I mean, we're skipping ahead, but like, like they reviewed the tapes that night of the office. And it's just mm-hmm. like, like this movie doesn't reveal until very late that there was cameras in this office. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, how did he think he was going to get away with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That guy, that guy. I guess he did get away with it, though. <laughs> Maybe that's where the cards come in. Maybe like if you use those cards, there's just no way to really trace it. Maybe that's how he got away with it. Well, kind of, kind of what they did in the real life case, and like they kind of gloss over it at the end here. But what the guy would do is he would buy like these phone cards. And um, I don't know if he did it, like, all the time, but the the one that this is based on, like, in the movie, they make it seem like he's at home on a burner cell phone, and that's why they can't figure out who it was. But um, in real life, he was actually standing, uh, I believe it was in a grocery store. Um, I, you know, I don't know where the phone was located, because, like, when I was a kid, the grocery stores always had a payphone down by, the, like, the bathrooms, like, almost, like, by where, like, you know, where the employees would come out and stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. it was, like, in a more secluded section of the store or something, but he actually did this. He was on phone with this McDonald's for three and a half hours commanding this shit and uh, just standing. And, and I, he actually did this in, you know, at least this one instance we know about in complete public. And basically the way they found him was... You know, the phone company, they traced the records, the numbers. Okay, it came from a pay phone, and then they were able to find out it came from those calling cards. And they basically, like, just scoured everywhere that those calling cards were sold and looked at the surveillance tapes. So, it's pretty amazing what police work can do. And I know a lot of people say, like, oh, no, you should really just do a lot of crimes, and nobody will ever catch you. And it's all, we're all anonymous on the internet, do this, do that. But, like... Fuckers will catch you if they want to if they want to put enough time into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah, right here it starts out like, uh, fucking. I want to say innocent enough, but it's still not innocent enough because it's like, oh, he's just having her check her purse. Like, oh, she might have stole the money, and then uh, yeah, check her purse. She probably put the money back in there. And like at some point, it's like. He, he he introduces himself by saying, like, hey, I'm uh, Detective Scott or whatever, and I've got this uh, lady with me who's telling me, like, she was uh, had her money stolen. And, like, they just kind of forget, like, wait, you still got the lady there? Why can't I just talk to her? Like, they, they right. never, like, they never bring it up. Like, are you sure it was her? Like, it wasn't a – like, uh, maybe the – 
you saw her, but like a different cashier was the one that did it. Like, is it like they never think to do that? And then at some point, it's like you're still just standing there with her. And like later on in the movie, it's like, how long is she standing there with you? Like, she's like, why, why am I not hearing anything? Like he, he says like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm on my way, but I'm kind of busy. Like he, he keeps making excuses for why he's not there yet. Like, Oh yeah, I'm actually, I'm uh, undercover. I'm doing this other part of the same investigation. I'm at her house right now. It's like, wait, you're, you're around other cops, but like, you're the only one I can hear. There's just like so many red flags that they just don't notice. Very unchad, very unstacy of the uh very of her. Exactly. Well, well also too is like he kinda like tells like a story and then when that story kinda runs out of rope, he kinda like elaborates and, and, and adds more details and changes the story. But it's mm. like you know, like the way they explain it in the movie and then like looking at like an interview with the real life lady is like Basically, the guy just always had a quick answer for anything. He was good, I guess, for coming up with shit on the spot. I mean, to be fair, he'd been doing this at this point for 12 years, or somebody had been doing it, and, you know, it probably was him the whole time, in all honesty. But, um, but, uh, yeah, he just was good at coming up with shit on the spot. So, like, she just was believing it just because, you know. And I think it's, like, one of those things, too, and they kind of play with it, like, with the, in this film, like, they kind of show the other workers, like, oh, I don't want to get involved, the police or whatever. Everybody's just so afraid with getting in trouble with the law and all that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, like, I mean, this is, like, nowhere near, like, a similar situation to, like, what's in this movie or anything. But, it like, it kind of reminded me of, like, the part where he was talking about, like, oh, they, she took the money out of the purse and shit and, like, it just didn't add up. Was when I worked at a video store in my early 20s, there was uh, some sh- some person, and I'm sure it wasn't, like, a scam like this, but it just goes to show how people are, like, willing to, like, go over and over and over bored with shit was like there was like a customer i guess that called in and was like oh i was there last night and i think i left my card or whatever so like i remember like coming in one day in the afternoon the manager being like can you look around for a credit card so we look oh yeah no credit card on the desk so, yeah they thought they left okay didn't think anything of it right so then, like, the, the somehow the district manager got involved. Like, this customer kept claiming and claiming. And, then, like, eventually it got to the point where there was, like, we think we left, like, our card and we think one of you took it. And I was just like, this sounds fucking weird. And I remember talking on the phone because, like, at the time I was, like, a kid in my early 20s. Like, I, I think I just had a debit card. I didn't even really have a credit card. And I was like, well, even I know that the second, like, literally the second you lose a credit card, you call and cancel it, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like... I told my district manager, I was like, you know, I don't know what to do, you know, like, whatever. Like, they keep telling us to look for this credit card. I mean, it, it wasn't here two days ago. It's not going to be here now. Like, like you know, like everybody knows that you just cancel a credit card. And the district manager jumped all over my ass being like, well, yeah, well, you don't know what it's like. And this customer is very upset and worried. I was like, but they don't have to be worried if they cancel their card and report it mm-hmm. missing. So, like, this shit went on, and then, like, maybe a couple days after that, a cop comes in. He's like, I need to look at your surveillance shit, and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. Like, whatever. And, like, like I didn't even really know how to work the surveillance shit. So, he, like, fucked around their surveillance stuff for, like, a couple days. And then, like, the next day, I came in and talked to, like, my just immediate store manager. I was like, what's going on with this? This has been going on for, like, almost a week. And I'm just, like, all about a supposedly lost credit card, which nobody can verify was ever here in the first place. And eventually, it was just the store manager. He was just, like, he's he, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm done dealing with it. He's like, if the cops want to come back and look at the thing, he's like, they're going to need a warrant. Like, like, we're basically being accused of stealing for no reason. You know what I mean? And it just, mm-hmm. like... 
whether it's good intention or like in this movie there's a scam like you can't just like let people keep running and running with a fucking story that makes no sense you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like somebody's got to put your foot down eventually exactly very very chad very chad very chad of your manager he to was put his foot down exactly he was he 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 protected us and just said listen I, I'm pretty sure it was probably this fucking Detective Scott doing that shit, too. He's like, this is fucking Scott bitching going to take me for a ride. It, yeah, it probably was. But um, exactly. but the lady that plays the manager in this, Ann Dowd, she's really good. And, like, she, she really kind of, like, if you watch interviews with the real lady, like, she kind of, like, I wouldn't say, like, like mimics her, like, whatever. But she mimics, like, her fucking... Uh, just like willingness to go around and like, and this lady basically like she tried to like say, oh, I, you know, I wasn't my fault. She probably tried to like rewrite the facts of everything when it's like there's obvious video of like, you know, the girl was crying and asking for help and shit. And it's like that thing too is like, you know how a lot of people can't ever admit that they made a mistake or they did something terrible. It's like mm-hmm. I almost feel like this thing like 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 yeah, it's like why are these people so stupid? And like the IMDb reviews are so many people just talking about the education system, how dumb people are. But it's like people just have like dumbass pride sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's like a snowball effect that like they're not gonna admit like no matter how crazy it gets, they're not gonna admit that they made a mistake in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fucking most fucked up scene in this movie is, uh, well, I guess I can bring it up while it comes up, but, like, yeah, whenever, like, she's, like, completely fucking at the lowest point, uh, like, in the victimization department, she comes back in, and she's like, help me, and she's like, don't you talk to me, you're in big trouble, little lady, exactly. it's like, how are you this blind, holy shit, very Chad. It's like, a lot of times, like, unless like police have like absolute proof somehow like 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 it has the because you know like cops can just run around and arrest as many people as they want in a day the problem is then like a da has to make charges stick so it's like yeah like for somebody to be doing this much accusing and never sending a police officer into the restaurant and keep making these excuses that they're so busy or whatever yeah any any evidence she found wouldn't even be uh, like allowed in court because the cop didn't find it like they could have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Isn't that how it usually works too? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there, yeah, there's the whole thing. So another case that happened in real life, it says February 2003, a call was made to McDonald's in Hinesville, Georgia. The female manager who believed she was speaking to a police officer who claimed to be with the director of operations for the restaurant's upper management took a female employee into the women's bathroom and strip searched her. She also brought in a male employee who conducted a body cavity search of the woman to look for uncover, uh, to uncover hidden drugs, and that also resulted in a big lawsuit. So that was like, literally, like some girl in a McDonald's got stripped, got ba- not strip searched even, body cavity searched a year before this incident that this film is, you know, based on, and it's like, it's like still, you know. What I mean? <laughs> Exactly. Like, uh, if you think about it logically, it's like she didn't know the cops were going to call. Why would she have hid it in her body? Like, mm. why would she, you want to just hide your drug? Like, oh, fucking, I'm, I'm taking drugs with me to work. Got to hide them in, in the snatch, baby. Because they'll yeah. never look there. Exactly. Similar they'll thing. never look at my pocket either, but, like, that's too <laughs> easy. Yeah, especially when you're going to be on your feet for like a whatever six hour, eight hour fast food shift. You, like you're really going to be snatching stuff in body orifices to uh, do whatever. Got to keep those calf muscles tight so it don't fall out while she's standing there and work. 
Mm-hmm. And then March 2004, which I think was just a couple months before the real-life incident this film is based on, happened, says a female customer at a Taco Bell in Fountain Hills, Arizona, was strip-searched by the manager who received a call from a man claiming to be a police officer. So that was the one where the customer got strip-searched. Unbelievable. Insane. Yeah. Very, very chat of this guy. Fucking yeah. rock hard concrete fucking jawline, I bet. Yeah, that was like a month before this happened. The Mount Washington scam he called claiming to be Officer Scott, which in the film he calls himself Officer Daniel, so Oh. They should have just called him Officer Scott though, because what is that guy going to complain? Hey, you're using my fake name for a movie, I'm not getting paid or what? <laughs> exactly. There was actually an uh, Law and Order SVU episode where uh, Robin Williams played a character like based on this too. He was the guy calling. Yeah, and I was gonna say too the thing that was like I like I really want to see that episode really bad just to see what it was like. But he, like around the same time, um, Robin Williams also did a, a another similar thing where he was a journalist getting fake phone calls that was based on JT Leroy. You ever hear about that story? I haven't. So, so there was a um, supposed uh, street hustler young boy who had been molested and so many times, and he got an AIDS, and he wrote a book about it. And people was all like, "Oh, we love this this guy, and um, you know, we want to find out and help him out and all this stuff." Well, it turned out there never really was a little boy prostitute who got AIDS. It was a woman, right, who just like made this shit up, and she would like call like like she wrote a book and it got published. And whenever like they would sign contracts or do whatever, she would be on the phone pretending to be this little boy. And then like you know this this story got publicity. As always, our girl Azia uh, uh, Argento got involved. <laughs> so like eventually everybody like all these celebrities wanted to meet jt Leroy so bad that uh eventually this woman who had pretended to be jt Leroy, she had to make a jt Leroy. so she got her uh sister-in-law who was like a kind of a younger thinner girl to dress up and pretend to be a a boy and then like they kind of change the story of like oh he's a he's a trans person now so that's why he kind of looks like a girl now (laughs) And there's actually a documentary that came out a couple of years ago that shows like you know JT the fake JT Leroy going around meeting all these people. Uh, Ozzy mm-hmm. Argento became good friends with him, her, um, just all this shit. So anyway, Robin Williams made a movie called I want to say it was called The Night Listener or The Night Caller, and he he plays a guy. It's kind of loosely based. He plays a guy who uh, is like doing I I believe a radio show or maybe he's just a psychologist or something, and he gets the phone call. So I thought it was interesting. He did basically the compliance version of Law and Order, and then he did this other movie where he was like on the other end of the victimization of the phone calls. You know what I mean? Exactly. We're now at the scene where she brought in another lady to help out with the strip search. Yeah. And then he's basically like, Oh yeah, she, she's still wearing a bra. Well, they, they can hide shit in the padded bra and in the panties. You got to have her take that off. See, it's so weird. Like he's getting nothing out of this. You're right. Exactly. He can't see anything. And the thing is, cause it, it, it does really come across as a voyeuristic thing. I mean, both the, both the, the cops in real life and also the, you know, in the movie, the cops were convinced that the guy was like across the street or he was somewhere close by and he could be watching like this guy, you know, he supposedly did this over 70 times. Uh, over the course of 12 years he never saw anything that he did he just like i don't know what you want to call it like i would say you would think it would be like a sexual satisfaction uh, what do you call it? gratification but um mm-hmm. 
What's weird is like like in this case, they know he did this whole three and a half hour phone call in a public at a payphone in a grocery store. So I mean, it's not even like he was like sitting around whacking off. So you can't even like it was it was more like what do you call it like mind games for this guy? Yeah, it's like at some point, like if, if this is me, it's like fucking at this point, I'm just like. Dude, I got a job. Like, I'm not going to sit here and do your job. Like, I'll just, I'll keep her back here. And when you show up, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking, uh, you know, like, I'll just stand here until you get here. How about that? Like, at some point, it's like, hey, man, I ain't going to do your job for you. Just fucking show up already. Exactly. And, and, and who in their right mind would be like, like, I could see, like, possibly people believe in, like, okay, pat them down, check their pockets. But once it's mm-hmm. like take your actual clothes off, that's like yeah, is it like 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 it's weird that nobody thought because you know like like I grew up, um, you know like like I worked at like my first job actually was McDonald's in summer of nineteen ninety four. I was a teenager in high school, and even back then, like I was aware of the world of like lawsuits and if something happens to you, like at work, like really egregious, you can sue and all. Like, so it's weird to me that th- like this took place in what was it, April two thousand four, I think it was. The article said two thousand four. Like these people aren't like, hey, like you know, I have rights, or like if you if you rip my clothes off me, like I'll fucking sue you. You know what I mean? Which is mm-hmm. what ended up happening later, but mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it's just it's just weird, but it's like like I wouldn't ever be that like, you know, cuz like even even as a kid in high school, I know it's real easy and that that's kind of like the interesting thing about this and why I wanted to talk about this uh, movie Zach is like it's really easy for people, for people to say like, "Oh, I wouldn't do that. Those people are so stupid. I would never do this." But like I've like as a teenager in high school, I've been threatened over by the phone and I actually because we used to make prank phone calls all the time, very you know, inespicuous, whatever, just goofy things. And there was somebody mm-hmm. who, who like basically started 69 us, like the guy, and he pretended to be a cop and like, I knew it was him. So I wasn't worried. So like he was, a he pretended to be a cop and, you know, like I just called him pretending to be a guy saying I wanted to come work for him and do a magic act. But he actually, which which that technically is not really a crime because I didn't do anything wrong, but he called back and threatened to threaten and uh, pretend to be a police officer. That actually is a crime. If you ever call anybody <laughs> and say you're a cop, that's actual a crime. But, um, and I, and it was just like ridiculous, you know what I mean? But even then I was just like, whatever, fucker. Like I even said to him on the phone, I was like, I don't believe you. I like, I just talked to you whatever. It's like, I, I don't, I don't give a shit, whatever hung up the phone. So it's like, I, I guess that's a little different circumstance. Cause I knew the person I was talking to, but it's like, if somebody just tells you they're a cop on the phone and that's all you need and you start asking for people's clothes off, like, I think there is like. I don't know what you call it, like so subconscious brain, like a submissive, like I guess alpha and beta type thing, right? Like you just take <laughs> orders without question. <laughs> exactly, and I remember like watching this, like, like it, it poses the question: Is there like a fine line where you're so dumb that it becomes almost criminal? That right. like you, that you're letting uh, somebody be sexually assaulted in front of you and uh, you never like oh uh, yeah that's very weird to think about fucking yeah the, she she walk i guess like technically she doesn't see the the uh, actual uh sexual assault happen but uh, i mean all of this could be considered sexual assault like making her right. fl- like strip down and everything yeah so yeah who knows and another thing too is um you know like like the movie, you know, because obviously lawsuits res- resulted from this. 
uh, later on, you know, it's just wrapped up with like literally in the last two minutes of the movie, they kind of allude to that, that the girl's going to sue, which she did in real life. But it's like, you know, I've seen like when I was doing research for this on YouTube, there's a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, because she ended up suing McDonald's directly. Was McDonald's really at fault for this? They didn't do this. I'm just like, I think any situation where a person of authority over you, over your job is demanding to do illegal shit. Like, I think that's where it crosses the line. Like, it's one thing if it's like somebody who's on equal footing of you. Like, just your coworker says, hey, I think you should do this. or hey, But it's, like, when, once, like, somebody who's an authority over you starts saying, oh, do this, do that, like, I think that's really, like, the slippery slope, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, we it, – it's really weird, yeah. Like, uh, we see all the time in movies, like, people, like uh, – people show up and, like, introduce themselves to the cop. It's like, I want to see a badge number. But, like, in this movie, it's just, like, they believe him right away. It's like, yeah, we should probably normalize that. Like, fucking being skeptical. Like, don't just trust just because they said it. Like, yeah, show me a badge number. That doesn't hurt anything. Just fucking takes, like, two seconds. And then, uh, but then, like, how many people would even recognize a fake badge if they saw one, too? Right, right. Yeah. Like, to me, unless I seen a guy come up, like, in a in an actual police car... I would be very skeptical, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh so this this is like true as well. Like they took her clothes, they put it in a garbage bag in real life and this is kind of some I don't know, maybe it's a garbage bag, clear bag. And the the detective was like, "We need to check those clothes because you can have hidden pockets in your clothes and unless you're trained to look for them, you'll never find them." So so go put the her clothes in the front seat, which so that's like the ingenious part of his plan is he's basically making sure that girl can never get her clothes back on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I'll have a, 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 you know, we have a, he keeps saying we have a surveillance unit. Yeah. <laughs> we have a surveillance unit that will come and check the clothes and we'll just leave them there. Like, cause this went on for three and a half hours. Wouldn't she have been like, Hey, did you check the clothes yet? Can I go give them and give it back to her? Cause like. Who 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 wants like um like a, a a naked employee you know what I mean like just sitting around for hours and hours you know yeah and there's that like later on they don't tell him that uh, they gave her a a, a little um, smock to put over so she's not just sitting there naked the whole time mm-hmm. and later on when he finds out oh she's wearing a smock make her take that off right and like at that point it's like well you know, we already strip searched you're like. You you want her to just sit there and like you you take the smock away? Why just to shame her? Like fucking what's wrong with her wearing the smock now? Like at some point, yeah, it's like fucking. I don't think you're a cop, bro. What's going on here? Exactly. It's funny that this kid that shows up and kind of goes in. He's like smarter than the adults. That he, <laughs> yeah. he like realizes something's weird and he doesn't fucking like go with it. Well, yeah. Well, the, yeah, this is another because they present it in the movie kind of like this kid is like uh, Kevin or whatever his name is. Like he's kind of like her same age. He's her friend because in real life the girl was like I think just turned eighteen, and this this guy that came in I saw the, like the real life camera footage of him. In real life, he was actually a twenty seven year old, so he was smart enough to be like, no, I'm not doing this. But at the same time, he didn't call the cops or do anything or like you know what I mean. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Even though he knew it was wrong and he refused to participate in it, at the same time, like, he still was, I guess, scared enough of the authority. So it's, like, it's kind of interesting that, the you know, only a certain amount of people in this restaurant know what's going on. Yeah. And, like, uh, the the, kind of disobedient ones, like, they're disobedient, like, they won't really take place and do whatever. But at the same time, like, they're, they're also, like, 
like they're not willing to stop it really you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like you said this coincides with like somebody fucked up the night before and left the uh the freezer open or turned off or something so like everybody outside until they walk in and find out they think that's what this is all about like she's in trouble for doing the freezer shit and all that yeah and it's i think that another thing that kind of like creeped me out when i first seen this movie was um the fact that all this is going on, which, you know, obviously just to make it easier to shoot a movie, like, like, uh, like, uh, you know, this is taking place in an office stock room. So it's like, you know, kind of a, I'd say it's fairly large room that they're in, in real life. And in real life, if you look at the footage, it's, it's a very, like, I wouldn't even really call it an office. It's just like a place with like a desk and there is like one chair in there and like not room for anything so usually the girl was just standing up this whole time or sitting like on a desk or occasionally when she was in there by herself in a chair but it was like it was a really small area in real life so like in real life it's like even more like because like in this one when they walk in and they see her naked they're like the guy's like kind of standing back like hey what's going on but in real life like if you like when you see when the people walked in there like they were almost face to face with this naked girl you know what i mean so it's like Mm -hmm. And then, like, the thing that's, like, insidious is, like, the people outside, like, they keep showing them it's Friday night, it's busy, all this shit. Like, all these people are just eating these fucking chicken sandwiches, and, like, nobody knows what's going on back there, you know what I mean? Exactly. Somebody's being victimized right under their nose, and they never know. And that kind of makes you wonder, like, you ever think about that, Zach? Like, like say, like, you know, you're at, like, a shopping mall or something, or just, like, whatever... Like, even if you don't see anything out of the ordinary happening, like, you never know, like, either five minutes before you got there or five minutes later, like, something really terrible might happen to somebody and you just never fucking know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The world is a fucking crazy place, yeah. Yeah, it is, because, like, I never really, like, you know, like, like, you know crime happens, but, like, in your mind, kind of, you always think crime happens, like, in the middle of the night or something like that. And, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, working at retail places, like, you know, hearing, like, oh, something just happened to somebody in the parking lot or what? It's like, what? It's, like, the middle of the day. It's, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just, like, fucking criminals will do shit wherever. Like, you know, you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. Here's where her coworker, who's around the same age, comes in. And, like, he's fucking confused right out of the gate. Yeah. yeah. See, but this is kind of like one of those things, too. Like, uh, fucking, it, it, it probably would be, like, somebody younger enough. Even though they've got less experience. It's like, there's always that weird phenomenon where, like, the boomers s- s- seem to fall for shit like this. Yeah. Like, the, the Nigerian scams and all that yeah. shit on the phone. That's very Chad. So, Spe- like... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because you brought up the Nigerian thing, like, uh, you, do you have any clue who Dean Cameron is, the actor guy that was in Summer School and, like, Rockula and a bunch of other movies? Anyway, he's, like, a like an yeah. actor. He's kind of like, he's kind of like a dude type of, hey, dude, like, kind of like that type of actor in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I guess, I, this is probably a while ago, maybe, like, 15 years ago or something, he got one of those emails uh, from Nigerian uh, scammers, you know? And he mm-hmm. actually responded to it, and like he he like responded back and forth for years with this guy, and he made like a one man stage show out of it called the Nigerian Spam Scam, where he mm. actually just goes on stage and he reads for like an hour all the crazy emails he sent back and forth with this guy for years. <laughs> Very Chad, oh yeah. See, I thought you were gonna say he fell for one of those scams, and I no. was like, oh no, all the guy from summer school. Yeah, when I, yeah when I was doing research for this, there's recently a lady 
I, I don't know where she got her money from, but this was in, I believe, Hong Kong. This, like, just got uncovered, like, in the last year. This lady got scammed out of $32 million. And and they mm. and they they claim these people claim to be government officials, and uh, that that somebody was trying to rob her and like like uh, launder money through her name so that she had to give them the real millions and millions of dollars. So like over the course of I forget what it was fourteen sixteen months, she gave them thirty two million dollars, and they even went as far as to send people to her house dressed up like authorities to get her to sign paperwork and shit, dude. Fuck. <laughs> Very on Chad. Very yeah. on Chad. Now, like, like when they, we should say, like, you know, because in real life, this guy was just, you know, in a grocery store, and I'm sure they couldn't film all this guy, the the spam, the scammer guys, you know, shit in a grocery store. It would have been un whatever, uncinematic, un. Uh, yeah, this is a, a movie that takes place in like two locations, not yeah. an easy feat. No. Yeah, to like keep interesting. Yeah, our boy Pat Healy here is playing the guy. He's been in a lot of low-budget movies, a lot of horror movies, weird dramas, or whatever. But um, if they ever remake Problem Child, he should play Ben Healy because he's oh, already yeah. got half the name. Very Chad. <laughs> he could, he could. But uh, yeah, like there's a scene where he was like drinking like uh, uh, a, a cup out of a fast food cup, and like it, it had a different design from theirs, but it kind of looked similar. And I, like I, for a second, like I thought maybe like, oh, was he supposed to have actually been in the restaurant? But nah, it's just a coincidence. Mm. We actually didn't mention too. We got fucking takeout from uh, Chicken Witch. This uh, we thought it was fake, but yeah, we got it. we got some. We saw the, the same people there working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking chick witch is what's called. Chick I got witch. a fucking dang yeah. Chicken I, witch is gonna, like the Halloween version. <laughs> yeah, you, you gonna eat your onion rings? No, you can have them. They're kind of oh like, yeah, onion rings are good. Like uh, they gave me ranch with them, and I prefer a thousand island with my onion rings. Yeah, that fucking that lady that fell for this is still the manager there too. Still, still to this day. I had her convinced I was fucking John Holmes and shit. She thought I was fucking serious. <laughs> Very Chad. Very Chad. She didn't realize John Holmes died of AIDS like 40 years ago. Well, that's the thing. I was telling her, like, it was I faked my death and shit. She's very fucking gullible. I like how the guy told that kid on the phone, like, hey, this is a procedure. You got to follow it. And he's like, well, this is a very fucked procedure. <laughs> Exactly. And then the guy was like, "Hey, this is this is authority. Like, what are you?" <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, this is procedure. You don't know I'm following it. You're just hearing my voice. See, that's the ultimate chat. What if they trolled him back and just said, "Like, yeah. yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, she doesn't have it. Yeah, she's naked or whatever. Yeah, she's naked. She they never even went out and got anybody. Because, <laughs> like, because, you know, like we don't really. I mean, we know like the police reports that are filed over all the other, you know, like the more noteworthy ones. But like of Wikipedia, it only had like four instances, including this one. So there's like another sixty-five times he called people, and like obviously he's not going to admit to it because he claims he never did it or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Which I would love, you know, to read the transcript of his trial and see how the fuck he got away with it. But yeah. I guess it was just one of those things where they didn't have a ton of proof, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. but like, the other calls, how far did he ever get with the other 65 calls, you know what I mean? Like, was there, there could have been somebody who trolled him back. And, like, I think the ultimate troll, if he was like, oh, like, make her do jumping jacks, whatever. And, you, and the people are like, oh, shit, a bunch of money just fell out. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
fucking I just picked it up and now I'm fucking I'm making it rain all over her tits. <laughs> so it's so hot. It's so hot, bro. <laughs> now how would he, how would he respond? Would he be like, "Hey, you know, I have authority here. Be professional." <laughs> yeah, I got the authority to fucking rain all over her titties right now. It's it's yeah. hot shit. Because there probably had to be like a lot. Of course, then again, I don't know. Like, like maybe he did get to some into some length with the, a lot of the calls. Because like, if they documented over seventy, I mean, you know, people had to remember it or whatever. But um, but like, because you know how he just like is like, oh, there's a girl there about nineteen, and everybody's like, oh, so and so. Like, there had to be one where like at some point there was like not a girl because it seemed like he was always targeting women. You know what I mean? Hmm. See, this is a good, like, deterrent from, like, people that are like, man, things were so much better before we had the internet. It's like, fucking, this is what you do when you don't have Netflix or the internet to keep you preoccupied. You call people on the phone and, like, get them to sexually assault people. Exactly. Like, that was everybody's idea of fun. Like, when I used to prank call people, we just would put on a funny voice and I would say, like, oh, like, I lost a pair of glasses there or something. You know what I mean? Like, it was never anything mean like this. This guy, like, I'm, that's why I'm curious, like, did he start out like that? Just, you know, you do the prank calls when you're a kid and then eventually he grows old and all that kind of shit? Mm Mm-hmm. This is what happens, yep. Fucking, it's a, it's a cautionary tale. So, back in, uh, I wanted to read one of the IMDb reviews, um, for this movie. (laughs) There's a couple I want to read, but I want to read this one. It's actually not funny, so we should stop laughing now. But this person rated the uh, the film a nine out of ten, and I'm, mm-hmm. it looks like she has a fake uh, like username, but I'm not going to say it anyway. But uh, the the subject of her thing it says uh, from a victim. Mm-hmm. It said that movie was dead on for a case that occurred in Kentucky. It also happened to me. I was a college kid working for Guess Who and had idiotic managers and coworkers. I was the only honor graduate. I was certainly the only college student employed at that location. It was an easy job, and the people were always nice. I actually enjoyed this job. Then one day, all hell broke loose. I still cannot believe what happened to me. I cannot believe my friends were so stupid as to believe that our Constitution would allow this. I cannot believe that they did stuff to me except that they were perverts and stupid. Why was it this not big news? Because this big corporation, and she puts the words big in all capitals, has all the money and power to keep it low profile. Uh, they continue trying to pass the buck or blame to others. The problem was that this had been happening a lot and they didn't warn anyone. If they had, none of it would have happened to me. I won a lawsuit, but haven't seen a cent. Basically, I was told to drop it or they would cost me more legal fees than I would ever see. So... Fuck me. Yeah, see, that's what, yeah, after this, like, they, like, they'd be dumb to not, like, add that as part of their training. Like, if, yeah. if somebody calls saying they're a cop, don't just, you know, you, you gotta get, like, proof before you take anything they say seriously and stuff like that. This is where it gets really fucked up, because, yeah, he's, he's basically like, oh, yeah. Uh, he he basically uh, tells uh, the manager like, oh, we need somebody else to come in and, and help out because uh, we're gonna do some. I need somebody as a witness. So like, she calls her uh, uh, fiance and like, yeah, this is where it gets really fucked up, baby. Yeah, because he like I don't know what the circumstance was in the movie. I mean, she just called in, in real life. She called. Um... Or, uh, her whatever fiance to come over and watch the girl but in the movie they make it seem like he was at his friend's house drinking so 
Yeah, he was. He was hanging out with yeah, his friends and really. stuff. So I mean, maybe that would explain a little bit of the, like if you're half drunk, like maybe you just walk in and you're like you're kind of falling for it at first, but yeah see this is the guy who it's like does he kind of uh because like after it's all over like he he seems like he's not like enjoying it right but like he goes through with it to the point where it's like come on you really thought the cop wanted you to get a blowjob whatever happens (laughs) yeah and it's like fuck me like nobody's as dumb and then it ends with him getting back in his car and he calls somebody he goes I just did something bad. So it's like, yeah, he probably did. He probably realized at some point, like, this this can't be real. But, like, because it's like, oh, it's a young girl. She's naked. And, like, he's drunk and all this stuff. He just went along with it, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's one one area that's interesting because, uh, you know, in, in the movie, they kind of make it seem like the guy's telling, you know, and like, because uh, in real life, the guy did spank her and bend her over and do all this stuff. And then somehow it ended up with uh, her giving oral sex to him. And like real life, like I couldn't find anything, you know, I guess just people just want to be respectful of the victim and not really whatever. But like the oral sex part, I'm just so curious if like the guy commanded that or if that that was like the guy going overboard on his own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking yeah, that's that's where you could totally like fucking, like yeah, like even if it was like a, even if I was that dumb that I still believe like oh yeah he really wants me to do this, I wouldn't fucking spank somebody. <laughs> right. I just like I like I, I fucking smack my face like oh yeah I'm doing it. Yeah, well, he, she's really sorry. Yeah, because like he gets really childish with it because he's like oh you have to be really forceful for with her you know and spank her because she's not doing what you say, and not taking the apron off which eventually she does but like. But then he's like says some stuff like of uh, I think he even tells the girl over the phone like like oh and you got to do something nice for him afterwards like what cop would ever say this, but like I wonder if like at this point because you know in real life this whole ordeal lasted three and a half hours obviously you can't make a three and a half hour word for word whatever recreation of this movie so this movie is like a ninety minute movie or something like that, but um so time is compressed a little bit it, it's I guess it's roughly about half the amount of time that happened in real life. But uh, I wonder if, like, this is the point, like, you know, in the real life incident. Like, I wonder if this gets to the point of, like, when you go along with it for, like, certain amount of hours, like, mm-hmm. just everything loses coherence in your mind type thing. Because you you're know how, like... beat down by that point. You're just like, if, if we get through this quick enough, maybe this will end soon or something. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's like, it's like that thing of, like, where they keep people in a police station all night just ans- asking them the same questions over and over. Where, like, the point all of a sudden people are, like, um, you know, like, basically uh, giving confessions to murders they didn't even do and shit. And then people later say, well, why would you ever confess to a murder you didn't do? And, like, it's like a thing of, like, when your brain gets tired and you just want it to, like, end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Fucking, yeah. Very Chad. That's probably like, yeah, the psychology probably plays into it a lot, yeah. Now, you know, like, I think this is like a timeless movie. Like, we're saying this film isn't even 10 years old, and the real incident happened in 2004. But, like, in order to give this movie a shelf life, because I think this is kind of like a important thing for society, like, because nowadays, like, you know, and not that they could have predicted this 10 years ago, Zach, when they made this movie, but, like, now people really only, like, really want to go see movies if it's, like, tied into, like, a video game. 
So maybe when they were like doing those shots of like all the people eating the sandwiches all hungry outside, if they just would have had like a video game out there, like you, mm. you think that would have kept this movie a little more timeless? You know what I mean? Exactly. And then what like, if they what if they made a video game first so that they could make the movie based on the right. video game? They were thinking that 3D chess into it. Well, also, too, is, like, they could do that thing where, like, you know how some movies, like, they work in, like, the music from another thing within the movie into the score. So, like, maybe, like, you know, like, as the people are, like, they show some kids out there pounding on the joysticks of the, of the arcade game out in the lobby or whatever, like, and then, like, the sounds are coming into, like, the back of the restaurant. So, like, while the guy's, like, you know, telling everybody he's a cop on the phone and stuff, all you hear is... Finish oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you could have worked wah, 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 wah for Pac-Man and shit. Exactly. You could have really worked that in. And then like the part where he where like she's refusing like the take the uh you could always make it like Uwe Bowl's House of the Dead, like the part where she's like, I don't want to take off the apron. Like you cut to like the screen of the video game and you just hear, Get over here. Like because, like, for 2021, and again, nobody could have first told this in, like, 10 years ago, but people will not see a film now unless it's, like, based on a video game from their childhood, wouldn't you say? Exactly. Fucking, we're doing this commentary right on the day that fucking Mortal Kombat released on the fucking HBO Max. Exactly. See, they, they, they really fucked up. They should have called it Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I think. Fucking very Chad with a K even. Well, do you remember when they would always market Mortal Kombat games, like on the ads or whatever? Like, I always see them even in the back of comic books. That's how old Mortal Kombat is. Is uh, they would always, like, anything in the like the description of the game, like anything that was spelled with a C, they would just change it to a K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could even, like, call the name of this movie Compliance, but with a K. Mm-hmm. People or Compliance. Compliance. C U M. Mm-hmm. Everything's got to be calm or the fucking combat, basically, with a K or with the C-U-M. Because this is a serious drama, but like, let's be honest, like American movie audiences don't really want serious dramas anymore. They want arcade simulation video game movies. You mm-hmm. you gotta kind of like, even though you're doing a humanistic drama, you kind of gotta bend it to be to the modern audience. You know what I mean? Exactly. Imagine I I just thought like we I joked about making this a video game first. Mm-hmm. Imagine the shit a video game adaptation of this would get. Like a oh, rape yeah. simulator fucking yeah. game. Remember back whenever a Bully was coming out? Uh-huh. Fucking Lou Dobbs or someone on Fox News called it a Columbine simulator. Yeah, that was weird because I don't think there was any school <laughs> shootings in Bully. There was wasn't. It? No. There no. wasn't. They were like overly, like basically uh, jumping on like the, like because they were so offended by like Metal Gear or, uh, Grand Theft Auto, and it was like, it's the same company that makes Grand Theft Auto. We're going to have a Columbine simulator. Fucking, you know what's funny, too, is as a kid, I thought a Columbine simulator. I want to see what that'd be like. See, that's how fucking, like, edgy and, like, goofy you are as a kid. It's like fucking, like, just the the more edgy it is, it's like, I got to play that. And then I played it, and I'm like, this ain't no Columbine. Fuck you, Lou Dog. You lied to me. Like you, you. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I was never like a PC gamer guy. But um, there was I, I heard about it on the news for like literally years in the early '90s. Zach, there was, and I'm sure it was like some shit, like some DOS based game that somebody made in like their fucking basement. But everybody claimed that there was this controversial video game that was based on like a Holocaust simulation. 
And like I every time I would go to like Babbage's or Electronics Boutique, I would look in the computer section and be like, Does this game really exist? And like I never found it. So it's like it's weird yeah. that it always came up. I can't remember what the name of it was. But like, yeah. Mm, that is fucking that is yikesy. Yikesy. Yeah. Very We're at the scene now. We're at the scene now. Yeah. We're the fucking the apron. The, yeah. Make her give you the apron. Apron, I said. But like, yeah, fucking. Oh yeah, check her body for like scars, tattoos. Oh yeah, you gotta fucking. You gotta give her cavity search again. Very fucking. And he looks like he's just like this is ridiculous. Like, like he looks disgusted by it for a little bit, and then like yeah, even like up to the point when it's like getting close to like the the ultimate fucking uh you know uh the blowjaw like oh yeah. mate make her give you a, like he still looks up until that point but then like after that it is it's like this did something fucking just snap and like now he's going along with it very fucking uh very uh slimy fucking uh, this, yeah. this movie actually does feel more exploitation or not not exploitation it makes you feel gross more than like those movies do because like there's always a sense of like oh yeah it's like fucking because like, you watch it and it's like oh how depraved can they be fucking the last house on the left how far are they gonna take it and you're just ready but here it's like much more like it, it seems more realistic yeah because I was going to say, like, even though she's technically been naked the whole time and co- trying to cover herself with this apron, which is, like, what kind of what happened in real life. But when you see the real-life footage, the apron's even, like, way smaller, like, not really covering nearly as much. But um, even though she's been naked, like, the whole time, I, th- I think the director gave a good choice here in, in that, like, he never really reveals, like, her chest and everything. Because she co- once she gives the apron away, then she's covering herself with her hands and the guy commands on the phone take it away like i think that was a smart choice that like they save like the nudity to like late this late in the film so like you know it's like you don't get desensitized to it even though you technically know it's embarrassing because it's like oh she's naked and also too like you don't you're not really sure through like the beginning part of the movie of like okay is this movie really going to do it are they actually going to make this actress like show her nudity you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. like it it comes at more of a shock when like she finally like puts her hands down, shows her whole you know her naked body, uh, pretty mm-hmm. much from the waist up. So you're kind of like, like like it lets you know even though even though this scene is just as like slow and meticulously placed as others, like you 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 kind of know the clock is ticking now. Like we're coming down into like kind of like the uh, the home stretch of the movie because shit is escalating to a really bad place right here. And this is where it just gets like really frustrating watching the movie because just like you just want to grab these people and shake like what the fuck yeah how are you falling for this like make her do jumping jacks like oh she might have the money hidden up there you gotta make her do jumping jacks so that to see if it falls out and like fucking make her bend over and spread her cheeks like what the fuck. Which, which, which never made this whole thing of like take your clothes off because the money could be hidden and all that. It's like, okay, let like first of all, how much money could you grab out of a lady's purse when she sets it down on the counter right in front of herself? Like, wouldn't she be like, if she really saw you take the money, wouldn't she be like, hey, give me my money back? Yeah, she, why would she have ever left unless right. she like just, oh, it's gone now. I only went one place. It must have been then, but even then, like you don't know for sure. You can't speak with ultimate authority, like you know for sure it was them that took it. You could have just misplaced it, never had it in your fucking wallet or whatever to begin with, and it's just somewhere else that you didn't fucking think of. But like, yeah, it's just like, 
Fucking, uh, yeah, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> no, but uh, what I was saying is like, okay, let, let's say it's a small amount of money because the guy never says how much, $20, $40. She could easily have $40 of her own money in, in her pants pockets, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Just, just very weird. It's like, it's like, why would you need to 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 hide? I mean, first of all, I don't think you could hide a large amount of money in a body orifice or cavity, but it's like, you know, it's just like you would just put the money in your pocket. And it, it, and I don't know how it was in the real thing, but in the movie, she says, "Oh, you know, these pants they have fake pockets. You can't even put anything in them." So like, there's literally no possible way that she could have taken the money and had it on her. Yeah, like you can't just take money in broad daylight in front of a bunch of customers and then fucking sneakingly hide it in your snatch. Like that's not gonna fucking work. Like you gotta fucking undo your pants and shit, or at least go underneath it. Like see, like she walks in and sees this happening, and she's so like stuck in there in the in the tunnel vision, she doesn't even realize like fucking what she's seeing. And then this scene where she's like. Help me. Like, this is fucking, like, this is the biggest, like, fucking kind of slap in the face when you're watching a movie. Like, how could anybody be this stupid? Yeah, because it's even worse in real life. Because in real life, like, the girl was crying and, like, hugging the lady. And the lady was, like, hugging her at one point, saying, like, oh, you know, okay, just get through it. And, like, this part, when you see the real life footage, Jack, like, it's so insane because it's a much smaller area, like I was saying in real life. And the girl completely has, like, no whatever on. And, like, the lady, like, runs through, like, like the office to get to the safe or wherever, file cabinet, wherever she was going to. And, like, she has to cross, like, right in between the guy and the girl. And, like, the guy sitting on the chair and the girl sitting on the desk. And the girl's completely naked. And it's not till like, the lady passes them that the guy throws the apron back to the girl and she puts it back on. Or, like, she actually was never really wearing it in real life the way she She was just holding it in front of herself, I guess. Because I think it was more of, like, a waist apron in real life, not, like, the kind you put around your neck or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, it, but what's crazy, too, is, like, they show that clip on the, the news interview and the guy says, like, oh, yeah, she was naked right here. And the lady's like, no, she always had the apron on. She always had the apron on. And, like, the guy just showed the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> the fucking like footage of the lady and she's denying what's on the tape you know what i mean like it's so fucking insane even with the apron uh, apron on like no uh, no cop would do this yeah. yeah yeah just insane but like like uh this is like the point like i think there was some good shit too like where they do like a lot of close-ups of the eyeballs and shit and like you kind of get the sense like i like the lady seemed more oblivious to me in real life in all honesty like i don't think she really knew until it was all over but in the movie like you can tell like it's a good acting job by the actress who plays the manager like you can tell she's kind of starting to doubt it because it's been going on for so long but like at the same time she's like it's like that fucking thing, man, of just like just going along with something terrible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we we talked over the part where uh, he started getting notifications on his uh, the the cop guy. Not the real. Yeah. He's not a real cop, but he started getting the notifications like, "Oh, your card is about to expire." And he fucking panics and runs to find another. One. I'm like, I'm gonna lose this these people. Like they're fucking they're falling for it. I'm gonna fucking lose them. And he gets all fucking worried. He grabs another card and puts it in real quick. And it's fucking like, if, uh, my gosh. The fucking uh, the the balls on this guy. Well, like the like at this point he is keeping this you know the guy on the phone he had like concocted this scam to keep this young girl 
which by the way, I mean, young people work. If I mean, I was I was underage the entire time I worked at McDonald's. I mean, I think pretty much everybody was, in all honesty, except for the mm-hmm. people who like closed late at night or opened early. Um, this guy, like, he never asked, like, oh, how old is this girl? Like, he, like they could have easily been doing this to a sixteen year old girl, and this guy would have never have given a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if like maybe uh, they would have tried to. Uh prosecute him even harder if it was an underage girl they might have like through the like really fucking like even without as much evidence as they usually would need like yeah since it's like even more heinous i mean i guess it just it really wouldn't have mattered if the jury just was gonna let him walk anyway you know what I mean? uh, yeah. but uh yeah th- this is the point where he's just like but it's like like you said when he's like fumbling to get the phone card like you know re-up so he can stay on the phone longer or whatever it's kind of like, um, it's like, haven't you done enough, fucker? <laughs> like, yeah, he's telling her, like, oh, I'm, I'm actually at your house right now because, yeah, it gets out of that, like, her brother. And, and, again, he doesn't know any of this, but he, he vaguely gestures at things. And then they bring up, like, oh, uh, my brother, and he go bingo. So, like, basically they're feeding him all the information he needs. And, like, so, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm at your house right now. Uh, we're, we're trying to put your brother behind bars. And, like, yeah, you could go to jail, uh, too, because we have reason to, uh, you know, suspect that you were helping him sell drugs or whatever. So, like, yeah, she thinks, like, fucking, yeah, like, who knows what's going on in her mind now? Like, uh, fucking, yeah. But, like, the other kid, he, he brings up, like, I fucking, I know her brother. Like, yeah. he wouldn't do that or something like that. Like, yeah, it's just, like. Uh, fucking just being in the uh being there and like under the pressure of like you could go to jail but it's like at that uh, like at the beginning of it he's like oh yeah we can let her like strip search you or we can take you to jail and he keeps like oh we'll throw the book at you too and it's like fucking like yeah it's like the only reason to be scared is if you really had something to hide there but like uh, when you're a kid it's like yeah yeah yeah, and it, it's 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 really weird because like when I watch this and obviously working at places, you know, I worked at McDonald's like I said when I was seventeen. Like I like I think when you watch this, it, like no matter who you are, it really makes you examine like you know how much would you have like gone along with this or how or how susceptible were you were. And I gotta say, I, I fucking hope I wouldn't have went along with this. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh yeah, my God. Like, yeah. Like I like I f- I feel like to at least some degree I probably could have been had when I was like maybe ten to twelve, but mm-hmm. I don't even think when I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old I don't think I would have fell for this in all honesty. Like maybe at first to the point of like oh we think you're in trouble or whatever, but once they're like asking you to do illegal shit, it's kind of like eh, this is you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like since this is the scariest. Uh, point of the movie here this is right before all the oral sex and stuff happens i thought it'd be fitting that the one of the reviews i found was somebody who was very uh scared of this movie actually zach so i want to hear the read this guy saying he i won't say his name um i think it's a fake name or fake screen name but this was on may 27 2013 this person he he rated this film an eight out of ten he's in the subject of his review is this is why I'm on disability and a recluse and alone. Mm. I'm a 43-year-old man, never in a relationship, and basically gave up on life. And 20... Oh. Yeah, like, this he's is very... Black-pilled. He's, he's very black-pilled. He's very... He's black Yeah, you've never heard anything like this review. In 2013, I'm terrified of humanity and the world. 
I don't like to go out. Everything terrifies me, and when I do go out and basically can't stand it and drive home. I live in a psychological horror who never moved out, still lives. I know some of this, the way it's written, it doesn't really like quite make sense. But mm-hmm. it says, I live in a psychological horror who never moved out, still lives with my parents, and a loser, but one with a reason. I was younger and had my fears, but was less tense. Now I sit with death overhead, even dreading that. This movie put me in all that humanity is evil state, and that's why I'm writing this. I feel violated that humanity sucks with the idealism joke of helping people. I don't trust anybody. Why the fuck? And fuck is spelled F-U-K in all capitals. He's in the Mortal Kombat, probably. (laughs) It does look like the Mortal Kombat spelling now that I look at it again. I don't trust anybody. Why the fuck should I trust them even though I go anyway and pay 130 bucks? I don't know what he's paying 130 bucks for, by the way, but he says he goes anyway and pays 130 bucks. Earth is a weird place, and I say three out of a ten would agree. Wow, he's doing statistics now. Uh, three out of ten would agree with what I'm writing because they just know. Life is floating in infinite space, and I feel I'm doing that in a 15-mile radius on Earth. And I what, thought he was giving Earth a three out of ten, like he was rating Earth to <laughs> no, like, along three with out the of ten people. Yeah, He says, and that's what's funny. All I do is use this computer every day, freaking me out more. Uh, because this is an infinite place too, and technology is another horror. Dot dot dot. We are all we are doomed, I believe, or I am the end in all capitals. The end. So I mean that that's somebody who's already in a scared state of mind and seeing this film. Like I don't even know how he came across it, but seeing this film put him even more into the depressive state. So fuck, and this movie is just crippling, crippling yes. depression. This guy. So, yeah, we, just yeah, what happened just, was the oral sex. Yeah, we just passed that. And it is, it is fucking like, uh, like, uh. so like, yeah, we're seeing him now. And it's like, yeah, like, is he just now realizing it after or did he realize it and just went along with it? We'll never know. Yeah, I, like, if I would have to guess, and again, I don't know what the real life guy was like in this movie itself leaves a very nebulous because when they do the oral sex part like you don't see anything except just the girl you can tell she's on her knees and like they they kind of do a gross thing where like they show her um her like feet are all dirty from walking on this floor all day and then mm-hmm. like right away it cuts to like like i guess like the dirty dishes like with soap in them and stuff and then like it looks like like globs of cum floating around in water did you notice that Zach? i did notice that yeah, yeah i yeah. didn't greasy Greece. Now, finally, it, the the horror has come to a you know, and this is exactly mirrored on the real life thing. The guy, the leaves. Chad, the Chad maintenance man, came, comes to save the day. Yeah, yeah. So, so that guy goes out to his pickup truck, calls his buddy, and says, "I did a bad thing," and that's actually verbatim. So, I guess we should talk about the manager's fiance, who uh, you know, I don't know how to say it, but they call it sexual assault. Uh, oral sex, forced oral sex, however it happened, we don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but I'm guessing they used obviously the videotape. He was on video the whole time in real life and in this movie. So I mean, I don't know how he ever thought he would get away with that. But... So he he did the oral sex thing did happen too. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, I, I yeah. must have misunderstood and thought you you mentioned that that was the only thing they made up for the movie. Okay, that's yeah, that is fucked up. Yeah, like, it's just, it, it, it that was the whatever. So, like, yeah, and it's just, like, I don't know. He but ended up getting some kind of... Five uh, years, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think he got five years, but like he ended up serving community service and didn't even have to. I think I read that somewhere. I could be wrong. Yeah. But yeah, that's really fucked up. Yeah. We're getting ready to discover, like, yeah, she's she's gonna walk back in the uh, with the maintenance man. Luckily, he's fucking chad enough to like, hey, this isn't we shouldn't be doing this. And then, like, yeah, basically, like, yeah, that's a a really like memorable moment is when he she gets back on the phone, and then like he just kind of drops it, like he's trying to joke, and he yeah. goes. He like, oh yeah, I want to order this, and then she she says there for a second like, holy shit, I've been lied to, and then he like tries to break back into it and like, oh, I'm just I'm just joking. This is this is Doctor Scott or Detective Scott, and it's like that that tells you like he realized she was that fucking gullible that she might have still been able, <laughs> he might have still been able to drag her back to, to keep going, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Holy shit. Yeah, like the real life girl said during all this shit was going on that she was scared for her life. It said she'd been in the office for two and a half hours when she was ordered to perform all sex. So, so, mm-hmm. but it doesn't say whether the guy on the phone or like the actual guy that was there. So, like, yeah, that's all 100% true. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the guy on the phone, well, I guess he wouldn't have. Yeah, I was thinking at first, like, I never told him to go that far, but he, he probably just refused to admit any guilt at all. Yeah. 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 Finally, Harold, the maintenance man, comes in. And I liked how they said that was a good storytelling because they set up at the beginning of the movie, which is actually 100% true, by the way. They, uh, they set up, you know, he the maintenance man's leaving in the morning and they're like, oh, you want to get a shift meal? He's like, no, but I'll come back later for one of them shakes. So he came mm-hmm. back for him. For, uh, in real life, they just said a dessert in the movie. It's a milkshake. But again, man, oh, this, yeah, this movie is 90% the- real. Yeah, and one thing that like right away put me like made me not trust the manager. She she was nailing off the flavors, and she said, "You know, I've never been big into the cookies and cream, but that's good. You don't like cookies and cream, bitch? I don't trust the thing <laughs> yeah. you say." That long. I thought I've never heard anybody say that ever in life. <laughs> I don't really like cookies and cream. Everybody loves cookies and cream. Why do you think right. it's like the number one flavor they have everywhere? Exactly. You get that fucking Hershey's cookies and cream, uh-huh. fucking the big family size. Oh, Chad, yeah. just fucking die in a pool of your own piss and shit and come eating uh, big cookies and cream like that. Very Chad. And you know what's weird about cookies and cream is they always have Oreos, right? But if you go to like the grocery store, there's obviously tons of Oreos, but then there's like all these fake Oreo brands and that. But when you buy ice cream, even if you buy like the fakest no name brand ice cream, that still seems like it has the real Oreos in it somehow. There is a generic uh, brand of Oreos, and it's mm-hmm. funny because the generic brand was actually the original. Oreo was the uh, the, the guys off. that came. Yeah, they knocked it off, and they ended up getting like more popular. I forget what the uh, the the original are just called. They have like a weird, almost medicine sounding name to them. Oh yeah, they're hearing. called like Hydrox or something. Yeah, 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 Hydrox. I think I got those one time. You know what's those funny? Was the original, yeah. Yeah, that Oreo cookie. That's almost like what happened with uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, wouldn't you say? Exactly. 
fucking the, the, you delivering the chat takes. You know what's funny is I gotta they're gonna force me to watch freaking the the new uh, Mortal Kombat movie and I gotta do a commentary of oh, and fucking they're already talking. I'm seeing like fucking uh, Aaron. He's like fucking. Uh, I started watching last night. Not good. Very rough. It's <laughs> like you're gonna make me watch it twice now too. I don't know if you saw, but the other day they put out the first seven minutes and I like I I follow the first seven minutes. I fast forward through like probably five minutes of it. It was so boring. <laughs> the fucking first seven minutes are boring. Exactly. Now there are two Chad heroes in this. First, there was Harold, the maintenance man who came in for the milkshake and he said, Hey, this is wrong. Like, no, no, you know, why? Like, I'm not going to do this. And then eventually like, they're like, you know, they realize like, Hey, this is wrong or whatever. No cop, whatever. And then like the guy just hung up. So then they call like Chad, Chud, no, Chud, Chad. I'm, this movie has got <laughs> me. I'm, I'm terrified. Like that guy was on his review. Chad number two of the story is the cop who actually comes in and is the guy who's going to hunt him down. Exactly. He he shows up and he's like, wait, they told you to take the clothes off and you didn't just simply say no. You didn't. Exactly. You never thought for a second to just say no. And then you can see the look on their face like we could have said no. Yeah, like that was and an it, option. <laughs> exactly. Fucking. Yeah. A cop. You think a cop is telling you to do this shit and you just you, you follow blindly. Yep. And, like, the thing that's crazy is, like, in real life, and I think they say it in the movie, too, it's, like, the the real police station is, like, only half a mile away from the restaurant. So, like, mm-hmm. in what, what world would, like, the cops be half a mile away and they're just too busy to send somebody over, you know what I mean? Exactly. You're in there for three hours waiting for a cop to show up, yeah. Now, a lot of people don't really know how, again, when I was talking about this being such an important film, like, it's really influential because, like, this is all one take, Zach. I don't know if you noticed it, but when they showed the, the they have a, a a camera strapped to the door of this car, and they show the cop walking up to the car. He gets in, he lights a cigarette, he drives in real time all the way to the restaurant, and now he mm. gets out. Which means he's the fact that you can still see him in this view. He left his car door wide open. He's he's going mm. into the restaurant, but that that actually influenced Martin Scorsese when he was making Goodfellas. That scene where they walk forever and ever into the back of the restaurant. So. Fucking that Martin Scorsese went back in time, influenced mm-hmm. by this movie, and added that shot in. He That's did. the fucking power, exactly. Especially you can you can tell that it was added in later if you ever see the 4K. It's jarring mm-hmm. the difference. But yeah. um, so this is basically just like the wrap up, where just all the cops are like dumbfounded, interviewing the employees, they're getting all the evidence and stuff. Which in real life, yeah, like the, the, they looked at the the video that night with the manager. And that's how she found out that her her fiance uh, forced a girl or whatever to have oral sex with him, and then she like uh, broke up with him that night. So that's how mm. quick justice was served on this one. Fucking me, uh, fucking yeah, half justice. Fucking yeah. not the caller. Yeah, not the caller. Yeah, Again, the call the caller ended up getting totally away from this. Like the movie kind of ends like, oh, they go to arrest him or whatever. He works at a a tele whatever which i don't even know if that part of it's true but the tele whatever selling job you see yeah they could have ended it with him getting off scot-free and it would have yeah. made the ending even more infuriating but they left that out like they, they could yeah. have added that it's literally about the only part of the true story that they left out and they mm-hmm. also do this thing where they kind of try to like show how creepy he is that he's actually a family man with kids and stuff and it just like Again, this this was a very weird hobby because you don't do this for like 12 years and not whatever. Mm -hmm. But another way this film's influential is a lot of people, I don't know if you're familiar with this film, but with the the Marvel Cinema Universe, Zach, uh, Captain America Civil War. 
the character of, uh, or at least the MCU version of the character Baron Von Zemo, uh, was based on this character in this movie because he does a lot of phone calls and he tricks the Avengers into fighting each other and you know tricks uh, the Winter Soldier into committing murder and all this stuff. So yeah, I thought you were gonna say he tricks the Winter Soldier into getting a blowjob from Wonder Woman or something. <laughs> I mean, he, get that he, fucking he could. there too. He exactly. Could. But yeah, that just shows you like that real time uh, fucking uh, driving to the market. Yeah. That's how long it took to get to the fucking police. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole point. It was literally because when you when you watch the movie and you see that like real time driving shot, you're kind of because because this movie as long as you know it's character based and dialogue based and it, it does feel like it has a slow pace. But even then, like that shot sticks out to you where you're like, why are they just showing this guy driving? Because he's not really doing anything. He's just smoking a cigarette and driving the car. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it is to show you when they reveal later on that the, the police station was like pretty much right down the street. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it sticks out because it's the first time you see outside of the location yeah. in a long time. Yeah. So it was pretty clever how they did that. Yeah. This is where he finds out like this has happened multiple times. Like because he called to talk about this case and this guy's confused. Like that happened a couple months ago. And so, like, he finds out, like, yeah, this this happens, uh, fucking, uh, fuck, like, I forget how many times the guy ended up doing it, fucking, yeah. very, uh, yeah, this guy had a lot of free time. Yeah, and honestly, until, like, this case, because kind of, like, what happened with there is, like, this case was, like, I guess the final case, you know, that we know of, but, um, pretty much they go back and they retrace, and, like, it's just Pretty much because the guy called, he didn't just call in one city, he called around, uh, I think he did it, I think he placed over the stats, and I think they give it at the end here too, but I think it was 70 calls over 30 states. So it's like, over the course of 12 years, you got to kind of factor that into your head too. It says says they think he might have coerced over 70 fast food outlets in 31 states, so Yeah. yeah. Fuck me, and he was a he was a prison guard too. Was he the real guy? Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, yeah, it's like that thing of like it would take well, it literally did take a decade plus for law enforcement to connect all these things. You know what I mean? And what's weird is like you know the cases that I read off were you know like pretty much he 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 liked to get to the people like he had an mo like he liked to get all the different people the different restaurants to do the exact same thing. It seemed like. Uh, yeah up here's the the final scene where they're being interviewed yeah well the girl's the girl's talking to a lawyer and she wants to sue her manager because she didn't protect her or whatever and like the lawyer is basically explaining like well you just don't want to sue somebody who's broke and whatever um you know you want to sue like you know the company that puts you at risk because like they knew this was going on, which is like, I know there's a lot of people say like, Oh, McDonald's was never at fault and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, if you know, this is going on in your restaurants and it's already happened, it's, it's made strip search happen. It made body cavity search happen. Like you got to do something, you know what I mean? Like you got to do something to make sure even more than just memos and shit, you got to make sure like this gets shut down right away, you know, while this mm. is still going on. Yeah, every fucking one of the managers should have been told, like, if someone calls and says they're a police officer, don't just believe it. Fucking, exactly. You know, if they say they're on their way, then just say you're going to wait for them to show up then, or whatever. Exactly. And here's the recreation of the interview, yeah, and, like, you get, it's it's very similar to the the episodes of the real interview I watched before I record this, like, it's 
it's pretty pretty scary how accurate it is and it's just that's pretty much how the real lady answered was just like well you know i was being i was doing what i was told and it was a police officer it's just like holy fuck man it's like (laughs) yeah compliance is uh blindly following is not a good thing to do ladies and gentlemen nope nope it's not and it, it was a uh, clever to set her up as like a character that's always looking, at, you know, craving, you know, uh, kind of like you know the the nod from everybody around her, like fucking yeah. just somebody like to acknowledge that, like, oh yeah, you're doing a good job, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. because the real girl said that like when she was, you know, the manager was talking with the guy on the phone that she was laughing and giggling and responding to what he said. So it it wasn't all like you know like like threat of whatever you know arrest or whatever like there there was yeah, some yeah. banter between them and this guy on the phone that probably was really when he was like hey you should uh you should be a cop you're really good at this and I'm yeah. like, oh no <laughs> i can push over insane and like like the the thing the thing about it is it's like it's kind of weird because it's like he's like you know i'm glad they made this movie because i know a lot of people are like because cause I had seen that, that, that new special that was about this whole case and all that. And uh, it got me interested to, to be like, holy shit, this actually really happened somewhere. And then to find out it happened. So, like, I wanted to watch the movie. And, like, I think I think watching it, like, when you watch the news thing, you're just shocked that it happened. But I think when you watch the movie, the reason the movie's justified in being made the way it was is, like, it actually makes you, like, have more emotions about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a, a message to the movie. Like yeah. you shouldn't, yeah, fucking uh, be uh, skeptical of th- things like this. Not not too scared. Like the fucking the cop shows up finally and shows yeah. you his badge and it's like, oh fucking, now it's time. I'm like I still don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking behind bars. Like, I still yeah. think this is just part of some big scam. That that's if you've been blue pilled or what. Exactly. Exactly. But- but yeah, so the the interesting thing was not only did the girl sue McDonald's because she had a lot of PTSD and it was hard for her to go on, you know, with her life, but also the manager lady sued. So the girl who was the victim sued, and the jury awarded her six point one million dollars. Like I think she sued for like two hundred million, and like the the jury gave her six point one million. And then and then this lady, I want to say she sued for fifty million. The manager uh, saying that McDonald's, you know, didn't do us due diligence of warning her as a manager and she actually got a million dollars which i mean exactly you know it's like she the flip side of that though is like like part of me was like i don't think you should have gave it to her but at the same time it's like this lady will never work again let's be honest fucking michael keaton had a big paycheck that week yeah oh yeah <laughs> he did <laughs> serves him right for stealing those fucking uh good old boys idea anyway he did he did. They had that little stand, and he ripped it off, and he made the milkshakes fake too. Exactly, fucking instant milkshakes. What a lame-o. <laughs> yeah, you can't even make a real fucking milkshake. Michael Keaton, yeah. get out of here. See, like uh, I've been thinking of the movies over now. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was thinking about. I've been like writing down some dank ass like uh, uh, like porno names just in case I ever break mm-hmm. out into porno. I got uh, Michael Skeeton was oh, one I came up Michael with. Michael Skeeton, yeah. And Roger Adultery was really good too. Very oh Chad. yeah, for those uh, classic rock fans. Exactly, and then like the easy ones like Tom Yanks, 
surprised no one's ever used that yet. His son probably uses it. What's that guy? He said it's White Boy Summer or whatever. He's probably Tom Yanks. Oh, yeah. Rapper. <laughs> exactly. White rapper. Yeah. We we completed the film. Like, what do you? What's your overall take on this movie? I gotta say, it's it's literally like, you know, I don't know if it's like one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's definitely one of my favorite movies of like the last ten years. Because you know, mm-hmm. we kind of like went through this, and I I kind of bitch about this on the show a lot, but we kind of went through this thing where it's like I miss the because th- movies have to be like so high concept and so CGI heavy, or people will just be like, oh, I'll just uh, wait and watch that later, or oh, streaming, and then they never fucking ever do. So it's mm-hmm. like, and you know, like when I was a kid, like I used to go see these movies that took place in like one location. I'm like, this is boring. Like, why are you hanging out in one room or one this one? That? I mean, this is obviously because it's based on a true story and that's the way you got to tell the story. But I got to say, like, that's like pretty much like I will give a filmmaker a big thumbs up if you can actually just set something between a couple characters in a small like one location type thing and actually keep my interest kind of like with Clerks, you know, when we talked about that. So, I mean, I, like, I genuinely do think this film's amazing, um, just cause, like, supposedly the budget was, like, I think 270000 and, like, they actually got pretty decent actors, and it was shot good and everything, and, like I said, it's a hard sell of a movie, but, it, like, you know, nobody wants to watch something so depressing and so kind of, like, it kind of is, like, a one-note movie, but it has to be because there's no happiness. Like there's no comic relief in this type of situation. You know what I mean? The motherfucker got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah. yeah. And it's, but, but it's that thing where, like I said, like, I think this is valid as a movie, even above just like watching like the news footage of it. Like, I think it's valid as a movie. Cause like, I think there's, a, there's a place or at least there should be a place for movies that examine like uh human condition, human psyche, mm. That really examined, like, you know, and, like, this whole thing was nothing but uh, a compliance experiment in real life by this fucking guy who did this, you know, scam Mm -hmm. thing, you know what I mean, that he did. So, it's, like, I, like, I mean, I don't know how you would make this movie any better, and because I don't think you could really make it any better. Like, you could make this movie for, like, $50 million with the top actors or whatever, and, like, I don't think... It would be any, like, what are you know, like, because cause those scenes, like, especially when, like, the guy comes and he's spanking her and all that, it's like, oh, look, 2012 Bad Cop, Bad Cop Film Productions. That's a fitting name for this thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think there's any other version of this movie that will skeeze you and creep you out even more than this one did. So, like, in all honesty, I would give this a 10 out of 10. What, what did you think about it? Because I... Because, like, I, you know, I saw that this was uh, available to watch, and I was just like, I literally have been dying for almost the last 10 years to cover this more in depth, so. Yeah, like, uh, I, I would give it at least a 7, yeah. Like, it's funny because I watched it the first time and was like, fucking, like, I'd give that, like, I remember, like, fucking, uh, unbelievable, no way. Fucking, yeah. I, I remember 1 out of 10 or something like that. I was angry watching this movie. But, like, yeah, that, the fact that you could get fucking angry watching a movie like that—that that shows you that it's 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 really getting to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like fucking like oh my god, like uh, yeah, it is. It, it's frustrating. Like I think that I think that's a like a the average rating on IMDb is a six point four, and yeah. I think that it, even when people like like it, it's still such a frustrating movie to watch. Like yeah, yeah. I can see a lot of people like fuck yeah. 
Yeah, you, you have to be in in the mood, and and I know it's like you know, just like anything, you know. Sometimes I'm in the mood to watch a comedy. Sometimes I'm in the mood to watch a, like a horror movie, but like. Mm-hmm. And there's like kind of a discussion too online that I think is interesting, Zach. Is a lot of people are saying like this is actually a horror movie, even though it's like based on a real kid. And like I would kind of agree with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like this is yeah, this is like a good movie to like. It, it'd be interesting. Like I, I definitely I plan on getting this on Blu-ray just because it, 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 it seems like it'd be great to put in when you're with somebody. And you're like, hey, you want to see something fucked <laughs> yeah. up? That's completely true. It's it, like a hundred percent based on what really happened, and just you know, gauge their reaction. Like, like watch their frustration <laughs> as they're watching the movie. Well, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is just the opening line of one of the reviews, and it's legit because this is back from august 3rd 2012 and the heading is unpleasant to watch but important and the person says i saw this today at the traverse city film festival about one fourth of the audience walked out before the film did it i do not disagree that the movie is difficult to watch but i think you can hardly review a movie where you walked out without seeing the entire film this film makes yeah. an important and real point i agree well, so, one of the yeah one of the trivia entries said that like when it premiered at uh I forget what, let me look it up. The Hollywood Reporter noted the film's premiere at Sundance 2012 was met with a polarized reaction, uh, eliciting both cheers and booing. So, yeah, like, fucking, I can see it, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, yeah, it's just one of those movies, like, I can't compare it to any other movie because it will wrap you up in a certain way. Because like you said, like like a lot of people that gave the bad reviews, like they didn't know the real life case. So it's like, it's interesting too. Like I'm not saying you should have to know this or that to enjoy a movie. But I mean, this is probably like the only case I can think of where it's like, where you really know the real story, it will completely change your view of the movie, you know? Because like you said, like, if you don't know, you think these are just like, who wrote this garbage script? Why are these people doing it? Oh, that guy did not approve of you calling this a garbage. That was probably the director right there. Yeah, he he just pulled up. It's, it's like we have like the mutants from the hills have eyes. Like, exactly. or, or maybe it's it's probably Rob Zombie and his Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's thinking about remaking it and fucking yeah. making it take place in a trailer park. <laughs> trailer park. Fucking... <laughs> trailer park liquor store or something. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna set it in the back room with the hot pussy liquors from House of a Thousand Corpses. Exactly. Yep. No, I was but, gonna say something, but like, yeah, I forgot. After yeah, that. me too. After I got my ears <laughs> blasted out, even though I have headphones, <laughs> I got my ears blasted out from fucking Dragula. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it just just I don't know. It's just there's there's something about the movie. There's nothing else like it. And like I know it's hard to convince people, and I really do hope we we do convince people to watch it. But it, you know, like to go seek out the movie. But one thing oh, I I was gonna mention that this would be an interesting like uh, like how Netflix does those docu series, like mm-hmm. the true crime docu series where they get the people involved, and like yeah. that'd be an interesting one to do if they could actually find the guy and he was willing to get interviewed. Oh yeah, and the people involved in the restaurant too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the last thing I was going to say was, uh, besides this being the most important film of our lifetime, uh, I also wanted to cover this film um, because I wanted to see if we could make history with this one, Zach, and we could break... Man, Dracula will not go the fuck away. I guess he's really... He's, he's just burning through the witches and <laughs> slamming in the, the ditches. ditches or whatever. Yeah, he's in the back of his Dracula. 
But uh, yeah, I was going to see if we could break history because the last time I kind of did this, because I always want to cover drama films. It's very hard to do in this commentary format because dramas are, I would say, like, you know, one fourth of like my my favorite film types or whatever. And uh, the last time I really picked a, 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 you know, a a drama that was like one of my lifelong favorite films, The Chocolate War. I mean, I, I convinced Trev to watch it for the first time we did it. We we definitely set records for the all-time lowest downloads. So I want to see if we can cross our fingers that can we break the all-time lowest download mark with our coverage of compliance. Oh, yes. Talking that these beta listeners don't know where the good <laughs> shit is. Exactly. But yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean... By by the time this releases in a couple of weeks, we'll 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 safe to say that they can go uh, see see your version of compliance or listen to your version of compliance with uh, you reviewing the Mortal Kombat, huh, Zach? Exactly. See the uh, uh, comply and uh, go download this episode. Fucking listen to the compliance episode because you are compliant little uh, people, and uh, a cop said you have to do it. We That's should. All we gotta do. If we could only get the real guy to do like the intro to our show, where he says he's a police officer and he's ordering you by law to listen to every episode of the movie Graveyard five times, exactly. Like, our 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 numbers would just explode and we'd be in the stratosphere. Oh yes, that would be amazing. See, he needs to get on cameo. You could pay him to do that. Just read oh, something shit. at the beginning of your episode. I didn't even think about that. If he was on cameo, that'd be amazing. He could be. We should look into it. <laughs> Like, because he could, he, he, you know, he didn't get convicted, but I would think he had to lose his job as a prison guard. Or Probably. Yeah. Depends on how scum he is. If he's, yeah. like, willing to make a buck off of that rather yeah. than, like, like if he's, like, not as scummy but still scummy, he would actually have enough pride to be like, I ain't going to come out and admit and, like, make a, a joke about how I, I, I victimize people like that. But, like, one can hope that he could be that scummy. Yeah. So yeah, so definitely, I think this is the best version of the movie, um, or I mean of the story that's been dramatized. It's actually been turned into a bunch of different things. There was also, I can't find it, but there was a um, a short film called Plain View, which played the film festival circuit as far as back in 2007-2008, that, order, that uh, episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit, then obviously this film. There was a Did 20- this happen in the early 2000s or was it the late 90s? This was 04 that, that, that this particular, oh. yeah. Yeah. Like the first time they think he ever did it was in 92, but like it all come crashing down in 04. So pretty much like, yeah, I think Plainview is the first like adaptation of it. So there was that, then Law and Order, then this film in 2012. 2016, they were still going with it. Uh, there was a play called My Dang Lao, written by David Jacoby, which opened at the Victory Gardens in Chicago. I'm not sure why it has such an Asian title. but And mm. then um, more recently, and I actually saw this on YouTube. I am going to check this out. Um, there is something called the Case File True Crime Podcast that featured mm. this in episode uh, September 2020. Uh, the episode is titled Case 157, The Strip Search Scam. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm thinking probably after this on this Wikipedia will be like the newest one, 2021. They'll well, they'll have to put our coverage on it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Fucking the uh, podcast that danked everyone to dust even started the podcast out by getting the actual color to <laughs> demand everybody listen to it. Exactly. 
Who who does that? Exactly. Who else? But anyway, I know this was a crazy one, and it's almost like, what can you say about it? Because it's such a, a such a weird movie and a weird situation. But I think we explained it in excruciating detail as best as we possibly could, both the real-life case and the movie. So I want to thank you for doing the extra work, Zach, and coming and oh, doing yeah. this one. It was a lot of fun. Always, baby. Well, as fun as this uh, covering this movie can be, I should say. Hell yeah, it could have been, yeah. It's tough to work in the jokes and humor when you know there's a uh, uh, a mouth rape coming later in the film. But. Exactly, I, did, I wanted to point out that that chick was a Stacy, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. She's getting taken advantage of. Yeah. She doesn't need me fucking cracking jokes also. Yeah. But by the way, thank God this didn't happen like a couple years ago, because you know the internet would have turned this victim girl into a meme by now. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that's it, listeners. I want to thank you if you did make it all the way through this episode. Uh, hopefully, maybe you're already a fan of the film. If you're not a fan of the film, uh, you know, go check it out. It's out there. It's been out there for a very long time. So anyway, Zach, again, thank you, buddy, for doing this. And uh, oh, yeah. we'll see you guys right back here soon in the movie graveyard. Dog. You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.